The following podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and the possible destruction of society as we know it. I'm so tired of being alone. I'm so tired of Won't you help me? Yeah, this is significant, Chris, and this is just breaking, coming into us now with a senior administration official telling my colleague Kelly O'Donnell that the vice president is going to be taking a couple of days to reevaluate exactly how he's going to be interacting with people given his exposure to a staffer, his own press secretary, who did test positive for coronavirus. Bringing the national death toll to 1,827, the number of Russian cases overtaking French and German infections this week to become the fifth highest in the world. The prospect of a COVID-free economy by July is now firmly in the hands of state and territory leaders after National Cabinet agreed to a three-stage plan. Yeah, we're you know, almost surely headed for an unemployment rate close to 20%, uh, maybe above. And uh, that's, that is Great Depression level unemployment. That's, uh, that's, that's comparable to the worst years of the Great Depression. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it does not look at the moment like it's going to spiral into a complete collapse. The Prime Minister has outlined measures to start a very gradual easing of the lockdown in England, while warning of the danger of a second surge of the pandemic. In a televised address this evening, Boris Johnson said it was the right time to update the government's message in England uh, from stay at home to stay alert. If you love me like you say you do, you see, baby, I, I, for me and many other parents, uh, it was too early. And the infection rate did start to rise again. If it accelerates beyond one person infecting one other, Chancellor Angela Merkel, a scientist herself, will lock down again. Broadly speaking, stage one limits gatherings in one place to 10 people and five people at home. Stage two lifts the numbers in most settings to 20 people. Then in July, the federal government hopes we'll be at stage three, which will allow groups up to 100. Aussies, it's the soft and gentle sound of restrictions being eased. We're all starting to emerge from our corona-encrusted tracky dacks to wonder if we should put real pants on. Has the time finally arrived for real pants? Is this the moment? Is this the time? Or must we wait one day more? The time is Yeah, you all thought I forgot about the lame Miz, didn't you? But I hadn't, that'll learn you. Meanwhile, hilariously, Mike Pence may have been exposed to the Rona. I shouldn't say hilariously. How about, in a fit of serendipity so great, even John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale are in shock, Pence is having to self-isolate after being potentially exposed to the Rona as the Donald tells everybody to push on with reopening and that everything's fine. I tell you what, the Donald's effect isn't to be underestimated though. A bunch of lunatic anti-vaxxers protested so hard in Melbourne over the weekend they broke a copper's rib and 10 of them got shut in the clink. 
All of this news is just like the modern world, really, isn't it? It's terrifying, it's weirdly funny, stupidly dumb, and monumentally scary. I need to talk to someone who could help me unpick this nonsense. So, enter Tyron Butson. TB is one of the first friends I made when I moved to Sydney over a decade ago. He's a journalist, he's a history buff, a beer aficionado, and an excellent cook. I gave him a call a little earlier to talk about all of this stuff and much more. Here's our chat from a little earlier on. G'day, big man. How you doing? Good, mate. Good. Are you living the dream over there, Ty? Are you swamped in cats and just like swimming around in the in the in the nethers of all of that? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> mate, mate, maybe. How are you, man? What's going on in your life? What are you up good, to? Good, mate. Good, good, good. Yeah, look, trying to stay busy. You know how it is. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess that's what the entirety of this podcast is about, well, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you got me, Ty. You got me there, mate. That's really it, isn't it? Trying to find ways to stay busy in all of this nonsense. Um, have you found some... Are you doing some freelance writing, mate? What's going on on the journalist Look, side I of things? I am doing, I'm doing a little bit of freelance writing to keep myself busy. Uh, mm-hmm. A bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of the other. Um, yeah, I'm just really trying to keep I'm going to run as much as I can. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Did you get out this morning? Yeah, I went out for a run this morning, which was good. A couple of Ks. Got a couple of K's uh, in your free legs. when I got back. I love that, DB. I love yeah, that. that's right. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, and, a, you know, a bit of free weights when I got back. But, yeah, you know, running, trying to cook a lot, like trying to cook something interesting all the oh, time. Really? So I actually bought some, um, well, you've had my cooking. You know, I, it's it's I was, delightful. I just recorded the intro, Ty, talking you up as a cook. I literally, it's the last oh, thing I say look. about you before we cut to this conversation. So I thought I you'd be actually, pleased to remember that. I actually just bought some uh, sashimi-grade tuna. Get out of here. From Woolworths, from yeah. Coles? Like, because they're selling it yeah, there. Yeah, it was from Coles. They? It was on special. Jeez. Uh, nice. Now with Coles, thirty-five ninety-nine. <laughs> they're not even sponsoring me yet, Ty, but I like the fact that we're getting plugs in for them, you know. I think I think that's good to get the early plug in. I've been doing that for a few companies, which I'm hoping that if I plug them early enough and hard enough, they'll eventually just start giving me money. I think that's going to be yes. the way that that, I think like, that's the way it works. The movie told us, you build it, they will come, right? Like that's, if you sponsor them, they'll come. What am I supposed to do with my life? You should put on a concert in Aurora, Wayne. How am I going to get the bands to come? If you book them, they will come. <laughs> I'm, I'm no marketer, but I believe that's the way. Hey, dude, can I pick your brains on a news thing really quickly? Um, yeah, of course. That's what I'm here for. I... I I've seen, I saw these protests happen over the weekend down in Melbourne, right? Um, Did you see all this nonsense? And I guess I just wanted your thoughts on like how the anti-vax community has sort of paired up with the plague-demic community. Like, is it's just doing my head in, frankly, and I'm just interested in your thoughts across that whole schmoz. I did see it, and there was actually one in Sydney as well uh, for our New South Wales listeners. There was one outside New South Wales State Parliament. Uh, I think on Friday, so just the other day. Yeah. Um, yeah, these guys really concern me. Like this, this sort of pushback against, and this is something that's been concerning me for quite a few years now. Like this pushback against science and against scientists. I guess. Mm. Um, I don't know about you, but like I, I'm like I'm a, I'm a few years only a few years older than you, but like I remember growing up like watching movies like Godzilla or yeah. Day of the Triffids, where the good guy was like the scientist. Yeah. You are not fooling anybody when you say 
that what happened was a natural disaster. You're lying. It was not an earthquake. It wasn't a typhoon. Because what's really happening is that you're hiding something out there. And it was like, the scientist was like talking sense and the White House were like, no, we need to nuke the monster immediately and destroy New York. And like, the scientist was like, Matthew Broderick, God knows why. There's like, talking sense and saying like, no, we fucked this up. Like, they were the ones talking sense, but like... There's been this really, really anti-science, really anti-intellectual, um, maybe, mm. push. And, like, I don't like it. It's, it's kind of really scary. Um, yeah, I'm finding it really scary, too. Yeah, totally. And you see the stuff with the NRL. What's happening with recently? the NRL, TB? Well, I mean, they're pushing to start shortly, uh, start limited games. So yeah. they've, um, they've already flown in the, the New Zealand Warriors who are, like, in quarantine in Tamworth. Because uh, okay. obviously these are our priorities. As the uh, the world is shut down by coronavirus, getting NRL going is our priority. We got to get we got to get rugby going, Ty. What is We've society without going. rugby? Apparently, but like, there's multiple players who are like, "Look, yeah, I'm willing to play. I'm keen to play, but I will not get the flu jab, which is required by NRL. If you want to get get on the field, you have to like get the flu jab, right? And they're saying, "No, no, no, no. That's like, I'm not down with that shit." And it's like, what do we do? It's with really these disturbing. It's very weird. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the anti-vaxxers really freak me out. Um, and you know, like I've spoken to, as, like as a reporter and as a journalist, I've spoken to like quite a few anti-vaxxers over the years. Yeah. Um, there's certain sort of like little, um, I guess, conclaves of them or enclaves of them, like in you know, around Byron and New South Wales. Um, I know far north Queensland's got a lot of them. Yeah. Um, they're interesting people. Like, I guess their thing is that, I guess it sort of ties into that libertarian mindset of like, I don't want big government telling me what to do and how to raise my children and all of that. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to die of smallpox at 36. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me either, actually. Me either. Smallpox, really, really bad. Really, yeah, really bad. Yeah, it's a bit of a drag. Yeah, I mean, all evidence would indicate that smallpox kind of sucks. Like, in all of the corona-ness that's happened, we've kind of, like, lost track of smallpox, but smallpox is really bad. Polio, you know, not great. Really not great. Polio, it's fucked. I think it's a catchphrase, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's on its business cards. Um, yeah. They can't give those business cards out anymore, unfortunately, but it is fucked, Ty. Well, they just, just can't touch them, yeah. <laughs> And it's, it is it is something that really concerns me, and and I I don't know how to even process it. You know, like there's just such different people live in such different information bubbles that it's. Well, it's, I mean, I don't know. I mean that like maybe I don't know. I don't know if that plays into it, the concept of like you create your own news now, don't you? Like mm. because of what you like and because of what you watch and what you Google that creates your Facebook feed and, and your social media experience. So that'll lead you towards X, Y, and Z media types and potentially down, you know, all kinds of really bad rabbit holes, I guess. Like there's stories of people who, you know, they're, they're, they could be completely liberal and completely normal. Um, and, you know, they have one conservative friend, like they've got their conservative right-wing brother and, suddenly they get like alt-right and sort of neo-Nazi ads popping up in their Facebook because the algorithm's stuffed because they're friends with that person and yeah, they've liked right. one of their statuses once and 
I don't know. It's a, it's a whole weird new world. Shut down the internet. That's what I'm saying. Shut down the internet. I mean, shut it down immediately. It's the obvious choice, Ty. Um, I think we should. Yeah. I think that makes the most sense. Let's just end the internet now. Let's cut it completely, and um, that will really that will really get things. That will do things a lot of favors. I think. Probably. Actually, counterpoint. Counterpoint. We sure. take the internet back to about 2004, 2005, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. a lot of text. <laughs> um, Newspapers have just got onto the internet, so maybe there's a future for my like industry for a little bit longer. Yeah, great, love that. Um, we just delay the in- inevitable, but yeah, uh, a little bit longer. And it's just a little bit of porn, but not too weird porn. Sure, so, sure, sure, sure. Really standard. Yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. And no social media. There you go. Great. I mean, that does sound really good. Have you ever, have you ever checked out the Space Jam website? I, yeah, I've heard of this before. You go there and it's still the site from like 1990, I don't know, whatever year that came out. But. Yeah, 1994 or five, I think. Four. It's a beautiful piece of history, Ty. Just have a look at it sometime when you want to go back to a simpler time in your heart. Have a look at the Space Jam website. It really does. It really does help, you know. I think... I think well, there's not a lot else going on in life right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, so, yeah. you, know what, you know what I have been doing? What like, a lot doing? of what I have been doing. And this is a big thing. It's like, I've, I've been like, have a little project every day. Like, do a little research. Do a little read. Like, I love reading, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I've been like, do a little research. So, I've been doing a lot of, like, on this day. Okay. So, you know, it's... Today is um, May 11, yep. apparently. It is. I had to check that just then. But, like... <laughs> What happened on this day? What did you know happen what on, on this day? No, I have no idea what happened on this Let's day. Let's find out. Did you know that Constantinople became the capital of the Roman Empire today in 330? Wow. And you sure it wasn't in St- Istanbul, type? Istanbul was Constantinople. Now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople. Been a long time gone. Uh, no, it was Constantinople. Thank you, thank you. Thank it was the, 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 the Byzantine Empire. Oh, wow. There you go. Do you know what else happened today? No, it hit me. Uh... Oh, in 2000, India's population officially reached 1 billion. Wow. Wow. Wow, Tuss. Just... Oh, oh, oh. Here's okay, one on, for you. On, You'll yeah. like this. Yeah, you hit me. 1981, Andrew Lloyd Webber's musical Cats first premiered on the West End. Oh, wow. Uh, I do like that. That is a I good one. I apologise for bringing that to everyone's attention. But how would you address a Well, obviously, I'm going to be playing some cats underneath this as we speak, Ty, so everyone's going to really be enjoying that. Meow. <laughs> hey, pal. That was a weird movie. It was. I, I still haven't seen the movie, and I do not intend to. Um, I have no desire to ruin the musical for myself or anybody else. But, you know, maybe one day when I really want to see something awful, I'll do it. Um, mate, tell me how your existential dread is, Ty. How's your existential dread scale of 1 to 10? Existential dread. Yeah. Existential dread. I gotta tell you, like I, I'm not like I'm not freaked out. I'm not too worried. I'm not going crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm actually not filled with that much dread. And I think it's because it's a little bit and this is like this would be my advice to everyone. Like I talk to people and they're a little bit like, Oh look, you know, I just I'm just feeling a bit shit, like I'm feeling down. It's okay to feel those things, I guess. Like yeah. and you know what it's okay to like have a day where you're like you're down pajamas and like you're still on the couch. Maybe you you know, maybe you don't look for work today or maybe you don't do any work today or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um I think it's okay to have those days and just like not wallow, but definitely just deal with that. And maybe you know, like I've I've had um 
you know, as a reporter who, who's dealt with like a lot of traumatic years, like whether you know witnessing them firsthand or speaking to people who have just experienced them. Mm. Um, so you know, like I, I've had my own issues with um, you know post-traumatic stress and and trauma and things like that. Um, and I guess like the way to get out of that or the way to get through it for me was always, and, and you know, you only learn this like later on after you've, you know, self-medicated with booze and whatnot for so long <laughs> is um, like not letting those things be all the be all and end all, but also not shutting them out. Like saying, I acknowledge that it's a bit shit today. Like I'm locked mm-hmm. in. I can't go outside. I can't go and see my friends. You know, maybe I can't go and see you know, my significant other for whatever reason. I can't see my, you know, my mom on Mother's Day. Um, yeah. That sort of thing. But it's not the be-all and end-all. And at the same time, I'm not just going to shut it down and go, oh, I'm, I'm putting that, like, emotion in a, in a box. Yeah. Um, you know, just sort of like, it is a thing and I acknowledge it and it's a bit shit, but there are great things around it and I can focus on that or I can sort of, you know, wallow in my own pain, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. And you know, and you know what? And as a disclaimer, that doesn't work for everyone, obviously, too. For so. sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. But I, I think that's a really good way of, of thinking about it, TV. You know, like, I think what what really pulls you... Well, I struggled with, especially the start of this lockdown, was the feeling that, like, A, I should be feeling better, or if I am feeling shit, that, um, that there are people who are feeling worse than me, and therefore yeah, my totally. shittiness wasn't valid at all. Do you know what I mean? Like, because my yeah, experience... Totally hasn't been that bad, especially when you think about, or when you think about, you know, people in China or in Italy or in New York City who have just gone through fucking hell. Um, but at the same time, you've, it's also really important to acknowledge where you're at and say that that's kind of, and not try and, and put any mustard on that. Or well, you know what I mean? I don't know. Totally. Yeah, I totally get that. It's the condiments. That's a really good you. point. It's the condiments, guy. Oh, I'm terrified of barbecue sauce. Oh, you <laughs> to, to get me. <laughs> It's hard to get us all tired. The excess amounts of sugar in it, pal. If I had, if you had to put a number on yourself uh, for your existential dread, oh, uh, once ten, where would you be? So ten is I'm like cutting out my eyeballs. I've seen Cthulhu, and one <laughs> so zero is like yes, nothing. I'm assuming that's the scale. That's the scale. That's oh, correct. Let's put me as it like maybe a three, maybe a three or a four. That's great, TB. That is great. What's brought you down to a three or a four, pal? Like I said, like it's just acknowledging it's not the be all and end all. Yeah. It's gonna pass. And as you like, you just made a massively valid point. Like, you know, there's people out there who are doing it a lot harder. It's yeah, a lot sure. worse for them. Um, but meanwhile, I'm here talking about like how I just bought, you know, sashimi grade tuna. <laughs> so, like, how, how bad can anything, your life be with sashimi grade right, so tuna? My, my existential dread is down to nothing, but my white person guilt is through the fucking roof. Okay, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an important secondary scale. Now I think about it, TV. That's you're, you're spot on the money there, mate. Um, so, okay, so things that have been helping you through, Ty, things that have been helping you through. You've been telling me before you've been doing a bit of cooking and uh, you got this sashimi-grade tuna. What are you going to do with your sashimi-grade tuna there, big man? What's, what's the plan um, for it's, it? It's some sort of, like, you're chucking oregano and, like, herbs and tomato and then you do, like, on corn chip. Oh. You know, sort of, like a corn chip sort of style. That sounds style thing. awesome, um, man. It, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It's, but you know, like watching a lot of TV, you know, you, you binge in your series. Is any series good ones I, you'd I recommend? Um, I've been really getting into that uh, Penny Dreadful of Angels. It's just uh, just dropped on on Stan, I think. Really? Pray, detective. 
I don't really do that. Do you believe in miracles? No. Do you believe in God? No. Are you sure? This gets out. We're looking at a damn race war. Yeah, really, really good. Nathan Lane is like... You know, your jaded 1930s Jewish detective in, in L.A. Ooh. It's very L.A., like, um, noir, uh, but also, like, you know, supernatural in the background. And you keep waiting for Nathan Lane to, like, break character and turn into, like, something from the birdcage. Yeah. Um, but he's just, like, he's into it. And he's, like, I won't, uh, you know, no spoilers, but he's, like, you know, this. he's sort of investigating the Nazi links that are coming in in, in the late 30s as... You know, as the world turns. And, this sounds great, um, Todd. Yeah, and there's like there's race drama and there's unionism, which you know I love yeah. so so much. It's very interesting. It's really good, and you know Natalie Dormer is a demon. So get out of here. Yeah. What more do you like? And you know, like I've been like you know going back to a lot of old shows. Like uh, I was watching Space earlier. You know, Simon Pegg's. Oh yeah, his first uh, TV first show. show, which is hilarious, and it's like that sort of weird '90s London. Um. Yeah, and, you know, I'm trying to read a lot as well. What are you reading, Ty? Uh, I just picked up the book that was sitting on the coffee table in front of me. <laughs> which, this is... No, I, I'm three quarters of the way through it. This is a downer. This is not a book I would recommend. <laughs> okay, it's okay, called... Okay. And, you know, uh, before you say the name of the book... If your existential dread is past four, do not read this book, <laughs> listeners. And what I like about this podcast so far is both you and Alex Chowell, who are my friends who probably read the most, have both started with books you would not recommend other people to read. And I love that. I love that time. <laughs> uh, it's called Promise Me You'll Shoot Yourself. Wow. The mass suicide of ordinary Germans in 1945. Wow. Shit. Um, it's going. But it is really, really fascinating. It's just like 1945, the Third Reich falls. It's all gone to shit if you're a Nazi, which, mm. you know, probably okay with that. Um, but like tens of thousands of like ordinary regular Germans who like who weren't Nazis, who were just regular people, they all just start killing themselves. Uh, really? Like this look at, yeah, there was this particular town where basically a bit over a third of the population, and it wasn't a big town, um, they all just topped themselves in like 24 hours, 48 hours. Holy shit, Ty. Yeah. I never heard about that. Yeah, it's a big thing. Um, as I said, not probably the book you want to read if you're like getting the shut-in crazies. So. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're feeling if you're feeling down, folks, not the book to go for. Not the book, no. <laughs> not the book. Not the Not the book. Yeah. Any other recs, Ty, of books that you've been reading that you've been loving? Um, I was reading the the Rum Diary by Hunter S. Thompson just the other day. Oh shit, that's a bit of a change is, yeah. of tune. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, also existential dreads probably through the roof there too. Sure, but, sure. Um, yeah, you know, I love that book. It's one of those books that. Um, I read when I was a very young journo and it probably filled me with ill-conceived ideas. But, uh, you know, it's Hunter S. Thompson. It's fabulously written. Um, it was a terrible movie with um, Amber Heard and the guy that she married. What's his face? Johnny Johnny. Yeah, jo- yeah, that's where they met. Really? Yeah. Oh, boy. That went badly for everybody. That that didn't work yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, terrible movie, but like amazing book, beautiful book. And Ty, did that book leave you uh, as a young journalist just thinking you'd be going to lots of like coke-filled parties and um, everyone would be giving you free drugs and you'd be running around with your shirt off just like prancing in the moonlight? Yeah, that was true. I mean, I didn't get my shirt off as much as, you know, <laughs> I should have, but uh, yeah, no, that, that was pr- that's pretty much my journalism career. Yeah, that's what um, I always thought about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and Gonzo, Ty, that's what I... Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Together, yeah. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, great, mate. Well, that, they sound like, that sounds like an interesting balance of, of literary-ness for you, pal. And um, how are you, Pat? Are you okay? Are you coping with the coronavirus? Thanks for asking, pal. Nobody ever asks me. Um, I'm oh, doing... that's really sad. No, no, it's no, It's usually because I'm just too busy just trying to... I talk too much bullshit, to be fair. Um, no, people do ask me all the time, but it is nice to be asked, mate. And, I, and I'm actually doing really well. You know, I was thinking the other day that, in, in actual fact, I think I'm doing better in this isolated time than I was before. Like, with the government financial assistance that's kicked in, I got my tax return back the other day and um, and um, my rent situation has been sorted this is out. amazing listening for people. They're just like, you know what? Pat got his tax return back. This is great. I'm, I'm, I'm in with this podcast. <laughs> I'm emotionally invested. Well, it's it was weird, man. Like for the first couple of weeks, I was really worried. I just didn't know how the hell I was going to survive. And in this time, I've weirdly thrived. Like I'm, I'm playing role-playing games with yourself and a couple of bunch of our friends and um, on Monday nights, I've got another game, and on Fridays, I've got another game, and I'm seeing so many of my buds from different groups that I normally wouldn't get to see um, because of because of life and time and and all that sort of thing. Um, and I'm doing random home renovation projects, Ty. I spent all weekend in the garden. I now have a veggie patch complete with oh. herbs and tomatoes and um, turmeric. And I've got indoor plants, multiple indoor plants, which I've repotted and I'm watering every day. And I'm looking at the leaves and I'm spraying them with stuff. And I've just turned into this like, and I'm sanding these tables back and varnishing them. I've, I've turned into this real home renovation bloody home improvement guy. That's because you can't leave your home. That's because yeah. I can't leave my home, right? <laughs> <laughs> I even clean the gutters. Like, I've just done stuff which I've totally put off as jobs that I would, I just, you know, looking at the backyard and thinking, ah, oh, crap, I've got to do that at some time. And, and now I've, I've had the time to get out there and do it. And because we've been shut inside so much, being outdoors, i got to spend all day, all weekend outdoors with my partner, Polly. And that was just, it was really fun doing gardening i mean who am i man what's happened to me i used to be cool i think i don't know but (laughs) now i'm a guy who enjoys gardening on the weekends that's who i am that's what i just you know don't go too hard because you know what happened to brian may while gardening this week what happened to brian may while he was gardening this week brian may the famous guitarist of queen yeah uh he ripped his gluteus gluteus maximus while gardening (laughs) and he was rushed to hospital he ripped his arsehole you're kidding me but it's funny like just what you said there like about the old idea of like connecting more with people i'm loving it like i actually am loving doing like you know like obviously i'm playing role game role playing games with you and some of our other friends and we're like we're doing it via zoom or other Mm. things Uh, i'm enjoying that and i'm enjoying like you know the connecting with people and you know i checked in with a mate the other day and he said i'll call you like next wednesday or thursday like we just had a regular catch-up scheduled um, love that, and I, I, I'm loving the you know because I'm running all the time, so I'm seeing people out on the street, and you nod and you smile and you say good day. And then today I was I was having a coffee and I sat in the park, 
and a little kid came running past and I did the, you know, the googly googly, rah, look at you kid. And then I said, g'day to the mum. And like, there just seems to be a lot more like, people just seem really happy to see other humans on the street and we acknowledge it and we, you know, maybe you're a bit more open. Maybe that's the thing that comes out of this. Like maybe we break down the walls a little bit about like, you know, living together and acknowledging each other instead of just like, I'm a, I'm a human and I'm doing my thing. I'm doing my thing. I'm doing my thing. You know, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. It it did. We were feeling, I was feeling at least like, you know, when you were out in public, if you saw other people, it was more a case of having to negotiate humans and that other yeah, people true. were an impedance. And and now I totally get that. Like, I've gone to the park a couple of times. I'm going to the park so much. Like, I go to parks now. Parks and gardens, Ty. It's my whole, whole You're life. You're like a Labrador. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a big ginger balding Labrador. That's exactly what I'm like. Um, and, yeah, I, I totally get that. Like... I, a little while ago, um, we sat in the park, in Sydney Park, and, and, you know, 1.5 metres away from some other people and just sat there as dogs came up and just, like, rubbed and, and sat near us and wanted some pats. And other random dog owners or people just sat in the park as well, and, and we just talked to some random humans. And I still know that maybe before corona we would have done that as well, but... When was the last time did you do that, like, 12 months ago? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't maybe think we I did. did. I really don't think I did. You know, like I, I wouldn't have gone to Sydney Park and sat there in the sunshine on a, on a weekend. I would have like, I don't know, man, I would have been inside or been in a hub somewhere or I would have been doing something, I guess. And it's just forced me, I think, to, to take a bit of a, a back step in some senses, TV. Um, Maybe that's the crazy thing. Maybe now we'll look out a bit more and sort of like look in so much. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess we just got to like keep it going, you know. When will we come out of this? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, there's there's so much, and I wonder so much about what the world's going to be like when we do fully yes. open back up. Yes, you know. You know what I'm really interested. In? You know what? Like, like genuinely, I was this the other day. I was at the. I was at whatever. I was up. I was buying Ugg boots. That's what I was. Nice Ty. Love that. It's too cold. I bought some Ugg boots, <laughs> and I was like rocking up, and I was waiting in line, and there was a big sign saying. Uh, card only, card only, card only, card only. And I actually watched these people who were like trying to, um, they had cash and then they like, he looked at her and he was like, oh, how much you got on your card sort of thing? Like, Mm. um, you know, like we can't just tap and pay. But it made me think, um, is this the end of cash maybe? Yeah. Because like, you know, it's been a big thing. Like, every, I, I haven't seen anywhere that's using cash lately because it's like, it's dirty, don't touch it, just yeah. do tap and pay. I've been to the vet recently with that several times. Um, and there was one occasion where they made me tap my my uh, ATM, my, my card, through the glass of the door. So, like, you know, two-inch thick, like, glass door. Yeah. And then the next time they came out and they held the ATM out, like just this hand just gets thrust out and it was like a FPOS machine wrapped in tin, in, um, in cling wrap and really? I had to like tap on that. And, and as she closed it, like she snapped it shut in my, my face. She's like, okay, we just cling wrap for use. They cling wrap it after every use? Yeah, because like a new people card, you know. <laughs> Far out, that's a whole new level. I know, but it made me think. Like, maybe is this the death of cash? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it was it was pretty dead here 
it was dying here already. But, um, I mean, in places like the States, mate, like they're still getting bloody bank checks each week for their for their paychecks. Yeah, true, like, true. I'm sure it'll still be knocking around there for reasons that are completely beyond me. I'll need to speak to an American to figure that one. Um, but yeah, man, I wonder what that looks like. I wonder what the world looks like. I wonder what, you know, our industry, Ty, you and I are both members of the same union. And I wonder what um, things are going to look like for all those MEAA members scattered around Australia, you know? Like what is journalism what does entertainment what does media look like in a in a post-covid world um yeah i mean like media wise australia we've already taken you know just to turn it back to the grim dark that is this you know we've gone from like oh we're all happy labradors of the park to uh, how our industries are fucked but um yeah. you know like re- regional media in australia has just been wiped out it's literally been decimated in the last couple of weeks because Seriously? Yeah, so a huge amount of regional newspapers have closed. Uh, that was a result of uh, when the whole Fairfax 9 merger occurred and then a yeah. huge amount of the regional. Most of the regional papers ended up being owned by another company. Um, and they've, they originally were very committed to like keeping going and doing their thing, uh, but a huge amount of them have closed. Um, and it's a huge amount of jobs going. And it's yeah. you know more importantly, it's a huge amount of towns that don't have... Uh, independent media. Yeah. You know, because they're, they're small enough that maybe they don't have an ABC bureau or maybe they do and that's it. Uh, so, you know, like dodgy councils and dodgy businessmen and bad people can get away with a lot of things because there's no one who's going to bother to shine a light on them. Yeah, no fourth estate. And that's a, re- that's a really bad thing. And, and it made, it just removes a voice for a lot of those places too. Like even my old man back in Perth has been complaining so much about how um, uh, tons of their media has been removed from Perth and, and put into the Eastern States um, that a lot of even like the ABC drive time shows and all yeah. of that, the, the old talk stuff that he listens to is being moved to the Eastern States, pushing him to listen to more extreme views from, you know, talk show hosts on commercial networks in, in Perth. Well, even if, you know, even if it's not extreme, it's just like it's not um, local. It's not someone who is in your community who knows your issues, yeah. who is one of you. Like, that's I want to represent me, and we'll talk about my issues and represent my issues. Yeah, you know, I want I want someone that you know is in my community. Yeah, and it you know it was already pretty tough for all the journo's knocking around Australia at the moment. Let alone the grads about to come out looking for gigs. <laughs> like, good luck to them, poor bastards. Um, but yeah, man, it does present a, a pretty shocking, terrifying little picture of how all that works from here on out. I just don't know. Um, and on the acting front, like, mate, I've been working for Stage Milk. I mentioned that in a previous episode. And one of the things I do is I do like 20 minute coaching sessions with um, actors or people who want to get into acting from all around the world. And I've been getting a lot of questions like, oh, what is, how do I go about getting an agent? Or how do I go about, you know, booking some jobs towards the end of the year? And I'm like, mate, absolutely no idea like yeah. neighbors have started shooting again which is great um but yeah. i just don't know how they're gonna make film and tv and and how we're gonna make that sort of stuff which was already really on life support before covid like what does it look like on the, on the coming out of this you know yeah i mean like call me like a cockeyed optimist but like we will always have the media we will all have always have journalism and we will always have entertainment and actors and acting i think like you know people like you and i are people who have come up through the old system yeah 
Um, and, you know, we've reached out, like, you know, our, our 30s, having gone through that for, you know, 15, 17 years, something like that. Um, and then this new generation is going to start in the next year or two, two, three years. It's going to be there. It's, I don't think any of that's going to go away. All of that's going to still be there. It's going to change and how we do it is going to change and what we do is going to change and it'll look different. But I think it's always going to be there. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like the same as when the internet arrived, I guess. Like, you know, things changed and things look radically different to, you know, someone of our parents' age. Mm. Um, I guess it's just how you adapt and what you do in that space. Um, better, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And like how you try and ensure that you always, you know, bring integrity to that space and, and make sure that space stays peaceful to, you know, what we're doing, I guess. Well, maybe the answer is, Ty, that we just need to create some hardcore unionist propaganda between... Damn right. That is, that is, that is actually absolutely my cause. That's, that's what we should do, Ty. We should just launch a, a website or a series of websites that all interlink, um, put hundreds of ads out on Facebook and just really start to propagate some, some hardcore unionism and see if we can't you know, start the revolution uh, on the outside Look, of COVID. I'm an advocate. <laughs> You've got a beard like, at the let's moment all too, rise time. Up like it's 1918 again. And yeah, <laughs> I've uh, refused to cut my hair or my beard. Great since, uh, since lockdown. So I'm currently looking a little bit like Samson, uh, ready to fight the Philistines. <laughs> <laughs> I love that tie. I love that. Let's uh, let's let's make that be the thing, mate. I better let you go. But before I do, any final recommendations from yourself? Any things, last things you'd like to throw out to the humans before you head back to the ether to eat some delicious tuna? Uh, don't read the book about suicide in Nazi Germany in 1945. Just giving that to you now again. Just don't do it. <laughs> Reminder: Don't do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Come, come back to that when you're feeling healthy and just feeling a little bit better. But you know, like I said, just love yourself. Enjoy it. Oh, so get a cat. That's my thing. Get a cat. It'll make you feel better. Get a cat, folks. Get a cat. Get a cat. Adopt a kitty. Buy some tuna and uh, start the unionist revolution. That's what we're going to go for, Ty. I love and that. Stay away from the Nazi books. Stay away from the Nazi books. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ty. Lovely to chat to you, mate. Thank you so much for having me. Love to see you, pal. Catch you soon. Thank you, mate. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Tyron Butson for joining us on the show. Great to have him here, folks. He is writing for a range of digital and print publications right now, so just check your log lines, people. If you see Ty's name tag on something, hit us up on Facebook at the ISOcast, all one word, or on Twitter at the ISO underscore cast. All right, let's do some credits here. Our intro music was Tired of Being Alone by Al Green off the album of the same name, 1977 High Records. Incidental music and clips from They Might Be Giants with Istanbul, not Constantinople, off Rhino High Five, 2006. One Day More from the Les Mis musical, that's 2012 Universal. Wayne's World 2, 1993, Paramount Pictures. Godzilla, the 2014 Water Brothers picture. Music also from Cats, 2014, Lionfish. Penny Dreadful, City of Angels, that's the Showtime trailer, 2020. And finally, As I Figure, Kevin MacLeod of Latinesque, 2014, is our backing music. All of our music is used in conjunction with our APRA AMCOS online mini license, OL1099. 
Huge credits this episode. Big thanks to everyone for listening to us. Make sure you find us on the socials, folks, and get around us. Also, take your phone out of your pocket, hit that five-star button, hit that share button, send it around, show some people, do us a favor. That'd be great. We'll be back next week with more stories and advice for your isolation life. Make sure you look after each other out there, ladies and gentlemen. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, and we'll see you next week. Bye.